What can be said about debt and indebtedness? Hello and welcome to The Good Word. I am David Thomas, the convener this week. I'm happy to have two able conversational partners once again, Brant Berglund from the School of Theology and Dr. Bruce Taves from the School of Business. And Bruce, I'll clue you in from the start that we're talking about debt and you as a businessman I hope you have a lot to tell us. But there's a foundational text I think uh, is an important one, Proverbs 22, verse 7. The rich rules over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. And I think we all know that debt is a very big issue today. It's everywhere in the world, but it's particularly prevalent, I think, in the United States where indebtedness is astronomical. Am I right about that? We, we have a culture of debt in this country. The last few decades, Americans have lived as if there's no tomorrow. And uh, we see it certainly uh, in credit card debt. This last quarter, we had the largest ever jump in uh, credit card debt in one quarter. And we see it in the corporate world. We certainly see it in the government. Um, We're at 125% of GDP now, and that's almost at the unsustainable level, particularly as interest rates start to go up now. And Social Security is going to be insolvent in 2034. Medicare insolvent 2028 and our leaders can only see as far as the next election and they you know they talk the good talk but as far as I'm concerned they just rearranging the the chairs on the deck of the Titanic and 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 they're also collecting a record amount of taxes though yes so so let's talk first of all about uh, what debt is I, I like this definition it's debt is living today on money that you hope to earn tomorrow is that an accurate description yes wow so so being in debt, in a sense, means you're living beyond your means. Is that right? Living beyond your means. And, you know, in the case of, you know, the government, we're, we're borrowing against our children's inheritances, basically. Yeah, because... It's kind of a bad investment, then. Debt is not... Inv- it's the opposite of investing, isn't it? You're mortgaging the future for now rather than investing for the future. But it also worries me what people go in debt for. You know, I mean, I, I, I went into debt for a house, and I understand there are complications for that because the, the, the cost of housing is probably a lot higher now because of the ability to get a mortgage and if people are paying in cash, right? But uh, And I know some people go into debt for an education, but what about going to, into debt for a, a high-end automobile that still only has four wheels? Yeah, I think I think it makes sense to borrow to buy a house uh, in most circumstances because otherwise you'd have to s- try to save up and it would take you a lifetime to save all the in the meantime you're paying rent that whole you know that whole lifetime and then you'll be able to buy a house basically on your deathbed and also there's a tax deduction for for uh, for interest right. paid in our country right right so using other people's money makes sense in certain circumstances mm-hmm. but definitely taking risks uh, and and appeasing one's one's uh, appetite or something with debt is very risky yeah I knew of a man who borrowed mortgage his house to invest in the stock market and he lost it and the financial distress costs are are just huge what do you mean by financial distress costs Bruce well, be primarily because of debt, over half of Americans today are just one paycheck away from defaulting on their bills. And um, there's conflict in the family, in the marriage. Divorce, divorce lawyers point to uh, financial distress as a, as a major factor in a majority of cases of marriage failure. Uh, people can't sleep at night. They're, they're spending eight hours earning money, eight hours spending more than we earned on borrowed money, and then wondering why they can't sleep the other eight hours. 
Well, that touches a nerve with me because I remember dealing once with a young couple that was in great marital distress and the root cause was that the husband had gone out, and this was years ago, he had gone out and spent at that time $32,000 for a big Ford diesel truck and then he'd spent $65,000 on a jet boat so he could go fishing. So uh, they were not able to pay their mortgage because they had $100,000 of debt. Uh, you know, for this. And, and he got angry at me because I asked a foolish question. I asked him what the cost of fish per pound was, and he quoted me the cost in the store. And I said, no, when you go out in your boat, what's the cost? And he got angry at me. I, I actually thought he was going to hit me um, because it touched the nerve. That's when he realized it. And they ended up divorcing, you know. And sadly, the woman got the truck, and she sold it, and she still had a, a, a loan to pay off after she'd sold the truck. So so l- l- let me ask you, what are some reasons for going into debt? And and there's a list here in, in, in the study notes, ignorance about debt. Do you think that there are some people who borrow money because they don't realize what they're doing? I've had a few people tell me that, well, I didn't realize that I was going to have to pay this all back. And uh, is that real? Certainly happened during the financial crisis of 2007, 8, and 9, where um, financial institutions um, preyed on the ignorance of people and gave them loans that were impossible to pay back. Wow. Wow. And, of course, a major one is greed and selfishness. If Brent has a big new truck, I should be able to get one, even if I can't afford it, right? Well, and that, that goes kind of the heart to the heart of the Ten Commandments, too. And, and the the last commandment is, you shall not covet. And we can talk about desire or lust or any of these things. When I look at your big truck, Dave, and I think, oh, I wish I had one just like that, right? I wish I could keep up with you guys. And Bruce, you have, I think I saw you driving a small truck. And Very small. I, yeah, I, I want the big one. I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want one. Like, I want the big truck. Well, don't covet mine. It just turned up 200,000 miles. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the quote of Ben Franklin that the eyes of other people are the eyes that ruin us. If all but myself were blind, I should neither want fine clothes, fine houses, nor fine furniture. <laughs> So <laughs> the eyes many, of others ruin us. Many times people are spending all the money they earn and then borrowing to spend some more to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like, according, <laughs> according to Will Rogers. <laughs> so that, I think you should read that one again. Do they do what? They spend money they don't have? They, they, they spend all the money they earn, then they borrow some more to spend to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. <laughs> and, and that is a motivation in many cases, for too yeah. much debt. Yeah. What about get rich, get rich schemes? Is that result in indebtedness for some people? Well, um, unfortunately, yes. If you, uh, for example, if you buy risky investments on margin, you have a margin account where you borrow, you're increasing your financial leverage, you're increasing the potential return, but also the potential loss. And um, there's many examples in, in history of people who were too eager to grow too fast, even even recently in, in the real estate market, you know, people borrowing to try to get rich too quick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew a man back in New England who... who uh, when the housing market was going crazy in the, in the, I don't know when it was, in the early 90s, he moved there from somewhere else and he said, oh, and he bought a house, a, a big fancy house at the top of the market and about six months later, the bottom fell out of it and when he left a few years later, he still had a mortgage of $50,000 after he sold the house because he'd bought it at the top, so that kind of speculation. Uh, of course, personal difficulty and hardship is a, a reason for debt. Uh, I know... I have a friend who became very ill and lost his job, and 
he and his wife, the only way they could survive was they ran up their credit card debt. And, um, I mean, it was a burden till the day he died. Co-signing on a loan. How about that one? Watch out. <laughs> I was surprised to read that. What percentage of people who co-sign end up paying the thing? It's like 70% or something? A lot of parents end up uh, footing the bill for yeah. their children. Yeah, I know a young man who couldn't afford a pickup truck, but his dad co-signed, and his dad ended up paying for the truck. It wasn't me, but someone. What about the idea of taking out a business loan versus you're a, a businessman, and, and if you have a student who graduates with a degree in business and want, has all these fantastic ideas, and some of them might be very good entrepreneurial steps to take, but they need the capital to begin, is there a place to... For them to say, hey, I'm taking out 25000 to start this business. A dentist who needs a new piece of equipment, $500,000 piece of equipment. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, when it's secured by a, a hard asset, it makes sense to, to get other people's money through, through debt financing. Equity financing is significantly more expensive. So if you have to go to the venture capital market or something, it's, it's quite a bit more expensive. Mm. So if you're starting a business and you have real estate or equipment or something that can secure a loan, um, that's, that's a wise way to go. But if you don't have those assets, then be careful. Comes very risky, yeah. So, uh, what, what can we say? How do people get out of debt? We should spend a few minutes on that one. Uh, for taking out some student loans in my past, having a having a very clear path uh, of how I was going to get to the place where I didn't have that anymore. Setting aside concrete amounts of money, and then if there was extra, putting that down and watching it disappear, and taking delight in watching that number shrink as quickly as possible was big for me. How about uh, quitting incurring more debt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or paying off your old debt with new debt. Um, yeah, I, there's there's plenty of nonprofit credit counselors out there that do a nice job of helping people through the process of prioritizing which debts you pay first and, and trying to um, motivate them so that they can see progress and can continue the course. Now, can you? is it true that you can sometimes, if you're in, in a hard case, you can renegotiate terms like on credit cards, you can get interest waived or stuff like that? that uh, all sure, yeah. Most lenders will encourage if you're having difficulty, they would rather talk to you and work things out now before you're at the bottom of a hole and, and there's there's no way out. And, and they are mostly interested in getting the principal back, right? Yes. Return of principal, not just return on principal. Yeah. Uh, return of principal yeah. for sure. And that's, you know, if, if it has to go to the court, that's essentially what Chapter 11 bankruptcy is, is a reorganization of, of, your, of your debts. Oh, yeah. And they would rather get something from you than nothing Exactly. Yeah. You're worth more alive than dead. So <laughs> I've been interested in listening to people like, uh, is it Dave Ramsey, I think, and he talks about austerity programs, you know, that yeah. you, you make up your mind that we're not going to incur new debt yep. and we're going to pay off debt mm -hmm. and we're going to trim everything down to the bone until we do that. And uh, I tell you, it's wonderful to be debt-free. My wife mm -hmm. and I have been debt-free for quite a few years and it's wonderful. And it's satisfying watching debt disappear, realizing the potential of what will happen when it's all gone. Yeah. It's even more wonderful when you get zeros in the debt line, Brent, so keep yeah. at it. So. Yeah. Hey, gents, thank you. Debt is a big big, big issue in our, our culture, and uh, we do well to avoid it as far as possible. So my thanks to Brent and Bruce for their contributions. My thanks to Kristen Byerly for her engineering work today. My thanks to you for listening. For the good word, I'm David Thomas. David Thomas.
You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.